Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Hook Rocks. This is Jay Scott leading you through another journey of rock talk. Here we are today on the three-month anniversary for Richie Kotzen's 5450 album, an album that for me was the my number one album for the first quarter of 2020 it's a lot to absorb there's a lot of material obviously 50 songs but my guest crash crafton and i are going to rank the top 10 songs in celebration hope you enjoy what we're about to discuss what's going on crash uh very little just ready to talk from richie Gotson. yeah you're always ready to talk richie Gotson, and that's the uh cool thing about you you know, it's been a, it's been three months since this album came out. Fifty songs. It's not like a regular album where you've got ten to thirteen tracks and you can absorb it over a few weeks' time. This took about two three months to fully absorb it. You know, when I was going through this list and just kind of reviewing the songs, I was amazed at how many I had forgotten about. And not to say that the songs were bad, but again, 50 songs, it's it's difficult to remember all 50 of them. And that's, I guess, what the positive thing about this album is, the good thing, the great thing, is that it's an album that will keep giving to you because there's so much material, because you, know, you do forget about songs, and you have to revisit it over and over again. I think that's a positive thing. I think that's a great thing. What about you? Yeah, I have to agree. Um you know, at first there was a certain song that struck me and I was still enjoying But like you said, as you live with the material at now three months, you know, all of a sudden this song will pop out and you'll notice something in this song. Or this song will strike you differently than it did three months ago. You know, and you, you gain new favorites and just new experiences with the material. Yeah. Absolutely. It is an album that, you know, is a is a journey. There's a lot of twists and turns. There's a lot of different styles on this album, as we talked about when it was first released. And that was what Richie and I talked about when I interviewed him back in February. It's an album, like I said, that keeps giving. If you're not a Richie Conson fan and you're looking for new music to listen to, there are a lot of great Richie albums. This album, in my opinion, kind of covers all of the Richie Cotton styles that you know you may not be aware of on his solo stuff. A lot of people may be aware of him through the Winery Dogs. But this is a great collection of songs that give you all that Richie is about. And, you know, for those that are Richie fans, you know, I know we're all excited and, and, and we're continuing to enjoy the album because it is a great release. It is a great collection of songs. I agree. Well, let's get to it. So the top 10, 50 for 50, Richie Kotzen songs. Why don't you go up first? I, you know, before we begin, I'm going to be interested to see how many songs we have on the list together, because there are 50 songs. And, yeah. you know, I know our, our tastes are somewhat the same, but also a little different. So I'm interested to see which one's are the same on these top 10 lists. But let's go ahead and begin. What's your number 10 
on the list? My number 10, that would be This House. The last song on the third disc, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the track listing right in front of me, but I do believe it's the last song on the third disc. I think you're um, right, yeah. Yeah. It's just, to me, I mean, this is what they say is 22nd solo release, but with all the other projects he's done, God knows how many it is. But um, to me, this song is very different from kind of anything he's ever done. It's really haunting and eerie and kind of creepy, but I really, really dig it, uh, especially the lyrical content, you know. It's just kind of a haunting song. Number 10 on the top 10 list. I feel like I'm on Letterman. (laughs) Yeah, you know, this this house is different. And, you know, he touched on it a little bit in the interview back in February, how each disc, the last song, whether it's innocuous or I think the other one was I Am the Clown, you know, all, all had different types of styles that were outside of what was the norm with the other songs. So I think he was aware of that. I think he did that purposely, but that's a song that almost made my top 10. And and if I had like an 11, 12th or 13th, or we did a top 15, it would probably be on that list. My, I got one that you don't have. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. My number 10 is taking the pain. Love the groove. Love the guitar solo. Uh, a different type of tone in this song with his with his uh, sound on guitar. So I really appreciated that. But um, just you know, again, one of those Richie grooves that you know he's he's well known for. That I just kind of like to sit back and just listen and and groove with him. Great song. Yeah, that's one thing he does not lack is groove. When you look at the texture and the tones and, and, you know, the depth of his playing, I've said this before, very few guitar players touch him in terms of that. So um, he does really shine on taking the pain. Uh, after great, well, he shines on all 50, so I'm going to agree on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not biased. So what's your number nine? Number nine would be breaking off where I'm, it's just a classic relationship tune, like, you know, enough of her shit or his shit, however you want to look at it, and breaking off, you know. I keep thinking, I'm like, where was this song 20 years ago? It could have been like my battle cry, and, you know, when I was married, <laughs> with a fire under my ass and saved me from four years of misery, you know. Instead, I just sat there and <laughs> ate shit and enjoyed the taste of it. You know, whereas this is written, you know, he's had enough of it and I'm breaking off. I'm just, you know, and it's almost kind of a, the music wise and the way he delivers the vocals, an upbeat song considering what it's about, what I perceive it to be about. It could be about something totally different. I didn't write it, but I don't know, but, you know, to me, it's just a classic relationship to yeah, I think it's another great song. Again, you know, there's so many on this album that, you know, and I know he touches on, you know, breaking up and going through the pain of a relationship. There's a few songs on this record that do talk about that. Um, it is a great, I mean, you know, there's no bad song on this album. So for us to both pick a top 10, you know, there was a level of difficulty here. There wasn't something that we could do in a matter of 10 minutes or 20 minutes. I started making my list when we you know, decided to do this, which was last week, and it took me about a week's time to figure this out and re-listen to songs that I had not been listening to and decide which ones were the best tracks. But, yeah, that's a great song. I, 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 um, it's not on my list, but uh, doesn't mean it's doesn't mean I don't feel it's a good one. So, right. moving. Yeah, yeah, it took me that pretty much that entire week since we discussed this to you know, and I mean, I've got my little, you know, chicken scratch notes here, and there's a couple of them, but, oh, I like that. I don't know if I got to narrow it down. I like that one better than that one, so that one's out. 
So I'm over two in liking or us liking the same thing. Well, okay. Well, I got to do my number nine, which is I am the clown. Okay. Uh, I got one there. So, so we did, well, um, again, you you know, a a little bit different than what is typical on the record. The last song on each disc does kind of serve up a different style, a different Richie Kotzen. We talked about innocuous. We talked about this house. Is it this house? Yeah. Yeah. And I Am the Clown, which is the last track on the second disc, which, again, offers a different style, a different type of Richie. It still sounds like Richie, but it's a, it's a lot different than what, what else is on the record. Right. You know, and every time I hear the lyrics, I Am the Clown, it takes me back to that song off Cannibals, which uh, called The Enemy. We have that I Am the Clown lyric in it. Right, you know. Every time I hear it, I almost start singing the wrong lyrics because my mind goes into the my you know the enemy, which is one of my favorite songs off Cannibals. Kind of weird. It's also again about relationships, and it's also about figuring out relationships. You know, like you know, he's the clown because he doesn't know how to love the person he's with, and a lot of us have all been in that situation in a relationship before, where you know the newness wears off and. You're trying to maintain, you know, the level that you had in the beginning and, you know, you're messing up or maybe you're not doing the right things. It's very relatable to everyone, I believe. Yeah. It's very relatable to me. It's on my list. Well, we'll see where that's at. So what's your number eight? Same old town. Ooh, that's a good um, one too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, a, it's an upbeat little ditty. Um, I really like the opening guitar intro, just the tone of it, and you know the intro. You know the guitar part itself. I'm not a musician, so I can't tell you what he's doing, but it's just a real beautiful tone that carries out throughout. You know the song. You know and it's funky and kind of some soulful lyrics, you know, soulful vocals, and the lyrics. It's another one where I can really, you know. You know, good artist. You know, you can hear a song and think, "Are they writing that about me?" You know, obviously they're not, but you know, it's something you can relate to so much. It's like telling a portion of your life or a situation that happened. And um, being that I grew up primarily in big cities until I was like 14 years old, and then after that, I've always lived in small towns. You know, since that time and. I want to get annoyed with the, uh, you know, small town politics and the quick stuff like, you know, the situation I had to deal with in Rice County, which was just a freaking nightmare. I, I love small towns. I wouldn't want to live in a big city again, like, well, unless it's back in Long Beach. But you know, I just prefer the small town. Granted, some people try to know all your shit, you know, what's going on in your life. But in big cities, it's just, I don't know, something about it. I mean, some of the stuff, like, conveniences are nice, but I go to the small town. The song kind of hits on that. They want to get out of the small town, the same old town. And it kind of, some little lyrics in there kind of taking me back, and I hate to bring up the P word, which would be poison, but... It kind of had like that blind face vibe as far as the lyrical content where leaving a small town to go out to LA. I kind of got a hint of that throughout this song. I mean, it doesn't sound like it. It's not the same lyrics or anything, but it just kind of took me back to that song. And my own personal experience. So that's why it's my number eight song. Yeah, you know, I've, I, of course, live outside a big city. Big cities offer a lot. They offer a lot of diversity. They lo- offer a lot of, you know, cultural differences or cultural um, exposure, you know, to different types of point of views, which I don't think is a horrible or a bad thing. No, but, you know, small towns also offer that comfort, you know, the, the what you know 
the simplicity of life. Not to say that living in a big city is so complex, but the way big cities are is a lot more complex than a small town. Uh, and right. some people enjoy, you know, the simple life, you know, the, the easiness, the, you know, the lack of traffic, the lack of congestion, the lack of busy Rude people. Well, oh yeah, well, <laughs> busyness or, or, or whatever. So, I mean, there's both positives and negatives. Um, I've never lived in a small town, uh, you know, so I have only visited, um, but I do enjoy the quaintness and you know, the friendly feel of a small town, you know? I mean, everybody seems to be a lot more easygoing where I think maybe in a big city there's a little bit more intensity in people, and I don't know. Right. But that's I, I kind of experienced some of that today. There's a town uh, 12 miles to the west of here called Great Bend. I'm not sure what the population is, but, I mean, it has a super Walmart, if that tells you anything. So Jessica and I had went over there to do some shopping or what have you, and I, was, I had to go return something. And you know they got the whole social distancing, you know, crap on the floor, you know, stay six feet apart, you know, these big blue squares. And so I'm waiting in line, and I see behind me there's this uh, elderly African American gentleman, and he's on one of them little scooters with the carts, you know. And he's stuck out in the main, pretty much the main entryway, you know, that goes across the building, you know, like where your service centers and your eye departments and the game rooms are and the bathrooms. And, like, some dude just runs into him with a cart. Like, I mean, the guy was parked there. You couldn't see him. You know, and he just runs into the guy. And he doesn't even apologize. You know, and I'm like, sir, and I got his attention. He's like, yeah, I said, why don't you just pull up here? You can have my spot. Go in the line before me, and I'll wait back here. And then suddenly they run into me. They run into me. But you know, this is an elderly gentleman, you know, and he's in one of these little rascals with the, you know, the cart. And so he moves up, and it's kind of funny. He kind of flips a UV in it and parks on the spot, but backwards facing me. So he's, you know, he was thanking me for letting him go ahead of me. You know, and getting out of the hustle and bustle of that, you know, area where people just are running through to get out of there and go load their cars. And we started talking, and he was like, one of the storms we had earlier, kind of crazy, and, you know, this, that, and the other. And he goes, kind of wrecked my day. I was looking to go and fishing out of the sand pit. You know, and I was like, oh, that sounds like, that sounds like that'd be a great afternoon. Because have you been able to get fishing this, you know, week? Or this you know, years so far, and I was like, no, I haven't been able to get out and go fishing. I pointed at Jessica, and I was like, but she has to go, but I haven't got to go. And he looks at her, and he goes, man, that's not very fair. You need to take your husband fishing. And then I was just like, oh, that's my wife, dude. But, you know, he was just so friendly. And he kind of reminded me, other than the grubbiness, I mean, he looked kind of like Red Fox from Sanford and Zen. But he was just as cool as could be, you know? And I don't think you would get that in a big city, even if you did offer your spot line to the person. They kind of just moved up there and to hell with it. But, I mean, he took the time to flip a U-turn and sit there and have a conversation with me from six feet apart. You know, and he was very friendly. He got his whatever he had to do taken care of at the customer service desk and flips back around. He's like, you kids have a good afternoon. Go get you some fishing done. You know, on down the road, you know, to wherever he had to go. You know, but I just never really experienced that much in big cities or big towns. You know, so that's that's why I kind of like the same old town. There are differences, so I mean, but that I, that's a great story, though. Thanks for sharing that. Well, it, it kind of made my day here. Very friendly guy. Now, in in you know, you can go from that to the soulful biology and you know. You never know what you're going to get. Moving on to number eight is the title. Moving on to number eight is the first track off of the album, and that is Stick the Knife. Offers a great guitar shredding intro into a awesome vocal sequence right into the soulful, bluesy R&B type of feel that Richie can do. And... 
just love the track, love the song. It's a great song. It's a great way to kick off the collection. The collection. I don't want to say collection. It doesn't sound like it's the greatest hit, but takes off the album of fifty songs. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's what really separates Richie from a lot of guitar players, and this really shows what he can do. I mean, he starts off with this shred of you know of a awesome guitar intro into this soulful R&B type of style and that's what again makes the difference with me and other guitar players he's not a one trick pony he has a lot of different dynamics in his guitar playing there's so much depth I don't know if there's another guitar player out there that can play like him or that sounds like him or offers that kind of dual or dual type of playing, dual type of style, where he's so versatile, he's so diverse in his playing that, you know, he's head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah. um, The only one I can think of that remotely comes close that's still active and alive would be Doyle Graham Hall II. You know, and I mean, they've collaborated together in the past, like back in 98, 99, but you know, he, he's similar to, I mean, he can rip, you know, on the guitar, but he's very soulful, very funky. I don't know, some of the material is rather deep, but you know, kind of like Richie, you know, I mean, he can do the fun party stuff like Green Light Girl or whatever, slow it down. There's a song called Ben Green. I can't kind of think of some other ones. You know, I Want to Be, which Clapton and B.B. King ended up recording for that right now, King Records. I think Doyle might be, you know, probably about the only other one that I can think of. I'm sure there's plenty more that, you know, I'm forgetting or not aware of, but you know, they're kind of somewhere. They can shred and they can groove and they can get funky and they can get soulful and you know, a lot of a lot of different colors on their their palette to paint with. Who was that again? You were kind of muffled with that. Doyle Bramhall the second. Not familiar with him. Oh well, after this, I will just have to set you up with something. Please do. You always do. So I'll look forward to it. My number seven is another breakup song on the album, and it offers an interesting sequence of lyrics in the song, and that is "Dogs." Ah, yes, yes, yes. And uh, just a great song. Talks about taking the dog with him when he's breaking up with you know whoever he's talking about in the song or the story in the song. And just an interesting way of portraying heartbreak and uh, breaking up with someone that you love and, and ending a relationship. Yep. And this one's on my list as well, so. Ah, so there's two. Yeah, so far. So far. It is interesting how he writes music. And, you know, obviously he's very public with his relationship that he has with his wife, who he's been together, whether, you know, before they were married. I think they've been together for now five years, six years, something like that. And Oh, shoot. Yeah, it might be more. I don't know. Well, we're in 2020, so 2014? I don't know. I'll try to skip that one. I'm going to probably be way off. (laughs) You know, so, you know, he still writes about breakup. He still writes about heartache. And it's, you know, interesting that he can tap into that type of vulnerability and type of emotion, you know, when he's in the relationship that he's, in you know he he probably goes back on his experiences or maybe he knows friends who have gone through heartache and pain he's gone through heartache and pain in his life you know i mean with his relationships before he married his current wife julia so it's just interesting that he's uh, and that's what i love about him is that he can write about an experience like that while he's happy and in love and you know, living in his current reality. Yeah, 
I'm always you know, kind of, although he doesn't ever like to get into what a song is about because it might uh, ruin what the listener you know has interpreted or feels the song is about, you know, and it might ruin the song for the listener. I always thought, you know, I'd, I'd like to ask him about. I don't know, 10 or 15 different songs. And whether, you know, they're his experience, something he saw from a friend, or if it's just a scenario he made up. I think it'd be really interesting to see if, you not get into specifics about who it's about or whatever, but, you know, especially finding out the ones that it's just a made up scenario that he thought up and was able to craft a tune out of. So I think that would just be kind of interesting to learn. But, He's goaded about that stuff, so whatever happened, a boy can dream. So I just did two in a row there. What is your number seven? My number seven would be my circles. One of the main reasons I'm such a Richie Cotson fanboy is, like I said, um, with his lyrics, you know, they fit different experiences or situations I dealt with. And this is another one, you know, coming through the that's that I've went through since 2016 and the BS from Ice County. The song has been very cathartic lyrically and it's kind of a bouncy little number, you know, musically. They're just kind of different from the lyrics. Well, you know, tapping in, you know, when, when a song connects with you personally, I mean, those are the best songs, right? You know, that's how you yeah. become a fan of the individual's music. That's how you become loyal to that person's catalog and, and the music that they put out. And that's maybe why Richie doesn't really talk about songs and what they mean, because like you said, he allows the listener to interpret how they want to feel about the song or think about the song or connect with the song in terms of how and what they've experienced in their life. So that's what makes the song so special is when you can find that connection, when you when you can find that special song that you feel is just for you. Right. Well, you can get about a lot of them. <laughs> my, my number six is Laid On, which, mm. in my opinion, you know, we've talked about the style of Richie and we've talked about, you know, what he sounds like or what he kind of taps into when he's putting music down for a record. And I know, I, I think if there's a song on this album that defines his Stevie wonder influence, his sly in the family stone influence, it is laid on. I, I just, that, that stuff just comes right out. On uh, in the music for the song for me, I think it's just a wonderful track. Yeah, I, you can definitely hear those influences, especially on that track. Unfortunately, it did not make my list. That was one of the three. I do believe I had three that I had to pick between a couple of them. Unfortunately, that one got left off the list. Just a great song. You know, we talked about when we did the original reviews. When the album came out, we talked about the Stevie Wonder influence. We talked about the Sly and the Family Stone, the Terrence Trent Darby, the James Brown delivery in some of the songs. I think there's a couple of songs that really have that James Brown style, you know, singing wise in terms of his approach and how he delivers the song. But there's a lot of different influences on this album. But for me, like I said, you know, we know he's he's a big Stevie Wonder fan. We know he loves Sly and the Family Stone, and those elements really come out in this in this song. That is that they do. All right, what is your number six? My number six will be "I Am the Clown." Ah, so there's what three. So far, too, I have am, I am the clown, and is is stick the knife and dogs on your list too, or is just I I am the clown and dogs? Oh, I guess it's only two. You're right. I am the clown and dogs so yeah. far. Yeah. Uh, just like we had discussed earlier, how he ended 
each disc with a, a different vibe than, you know, kind of went through the rest of them, you know, the last tracks. Yeah. Vastly different. Like we talked, just like one of those songs that are different on each disc, there's one, the last track on each of them that just kind of offer a different style for Richie fans, a different dynamic. So that is the, like Crash said, the first one that is on both of our lists. So this is shaping up to be pretty dynamic. It's going to be interesting to see what the next five hold true. We know there is another common song on our list. So there's going to be four differences um, on this one as well. But uh, it'd be interesting to see what transpires over the next five songs. Because, like I said, there's 50 songs on this album. And there is a lot of different styles for Richie. Crash and High have similar styles in music. But we also have very different tastes, too, as well. So, before we begin with the top five, let's go over... Let, Let's go over some of the songs that didn't make our top ten. If we have two, three, or four songs that were just kind of on the fringe, what were yours, Crash? Uh, like you said, we're laying on more than this. And two of them I actually left off because he's made videos of them. You so pray for me, laid on, and... More than this, the three that made the trim. I had to put them up against three other songs and figure out which ones I like most out of those. More than this was on my list. That sounds funny. Sounds like a sounds like a Hell on Oats song. More than this was on my list. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I liked um, Life Gonna Give It to You. Life Gonna Give It to You. I should say. That's was song that uh, was on the fringe. This house, and I really like the song "Mountains," that mm, yeah. barely missed out on making the list. So, those are my four that were this close but didn't make it. My number five is the song Freeze, which love the chorus, love the playing on this song. Just another strong, Richie groove. Really enjoyed this one. Continue to enjoy it as I continue to listen. Yeah, it's a good song. It just hasn't really sunk in with me yet, so I couldn't even tell you a lyric in it probably which is strange. But, you know, there's 50 songs. There's a lot to soak in. It'd be interesting. Not to say it's not a good song. It'd be interesting to see if we redo this six months from now and see if any of the, see if the top 10 list has changed. Yeah. Well, I can just speak from, say, from the first month that had the record that my top 10 has changed. Yeah, you know, and one of, one of them is because, like we had discussed, talking about the two videos that are out after we go through the top ten, and the reason why it was eliminated off the top ten is it was one of the videos where we were going to discuss it. But it would be, you know, if I had a top eleven, it would be in there, and that would be double sand. What's your number five? My number five would be so fast. Just the way as a gravelly spoken vocal is just really kind of eerie. Like I believe I've said before, it kind of reminds me of a cross between his alter ego, LeBron, and Kent Stanfield. And then later in the song, he, you know, kind of sings it normally, which I think is kind of a cool juxtaposition you know he goes from this real gravelly eerie kind of spoken word thing back to singing normally 
you know, just like I said, a cold juxtaposition. And the thing I really like is the horns. I think the horns add a nice, you know, accent to the entire song. My number four is was tough because it's moved up from like from moved down from like number two back up to like number five to number four and I settled on this at number four the song Wide Open has a very Steve Winwood type of chorus like I don't know if you remember the song Call On Me um, the chorus is very similar in terms of the structure and arrangement of that song I just really enjoy I'll have to go back and check out that Steve Woodward song yeah I just really enjoyed the melody and the hook of the song um yeah it's just again Richie at his best you know the powerful chorus the powerful hook the you know incredible guitar playing just a lovely song I can't disagree What's your number four? Going back. If I was to have to make a best of Richie Dawson ballad mixtape or whatever you want to call it, I think this would be on it. It's one of my favorite ballads she's ever done. It's only been out for three months. I just, it's, I really. Like, I just really like the music and the way he delivers the vocals and sings. I can't really put into words what it is, you know, but the lyrics obviously say something to me. But just overall, I think it's one of the best ballads he's done. It is a great track. Um, you know, that's what, you know, seems to be kind of the theme of this top 10 is the lyrics in the plane and also how we viewed the album differently. I mean, so far there's been two common songs out of 10. And like I just said, you know, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, if we did this after six months or if we did this after a year, how we would feel about the album. I mean, you just mentioned when the album first came out, your top 10 would have been different than it is now. And I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, at the beginning of the podcast, that there's so much to take in, there's so much to absorb. The reason why this album is considered so great, in my opinion, outside of the music, outside of the songs, is the fact that you can listen to one disc and be totally into it and then go to the next disc, and it's like constantly rotating three new albums, which is is incredible. You know, when you think about that, when you think about music today and you think about people releasing music, whether, you know, EPs now have become very popular, you know, the five, six, the four song EP has become the way of the world. It seems And more and more bands are going in that direction because the cost of producing the cost of distribution is a lot easier to sell a four song EP or five or six than it is a full length album and you can constantly keep in front of people by releasing an EP every year an EP twice a year a lot of bands are doing that which is the great thing about this album in that you have three albums that are inside one umbrella inside one you know 50 for 50 so when you get tired of one, there's two other to listen to, and it's like you're constantly rotating three new albums in your collection, which I think is very unique and very, very cool, considering the day and age that we live in with music and how we absorb it, that you know, there's basically three full-length albums in one album. So, Yeah, exactly. You know, when you think about it, most artists, you're lucky to get three albums, full-length albums in 10 years' time, let alone dropped in one day. What? Uh, okay, so my number three is the first single off the album, and that ah. is Devil's Hand. Really love this song. You know, the intro, I mean, this song kind of morphs into three different songs. 
you know, you've got basically like an acoustic ballad in the beginning and goes into, again, the R&B soulful type of feel that Richie can do. And then off to Shredderland in the end where he just breaks it down and he just plays like he can. So that's always why I've really enjoyed this song since it came out is it's really like three songs. We just mentioned three albums in one. This is like three songs in one. Very much so. Yeah, I I really hate this comparison because it's not even close. But it would be kind of like his Queen Bohemian Rhapsody, although nobody is not even on the same spectrum. But because you get total, it feels like three totally different songs all combined into one that fit. You know, whereas Queen had, you know, how many ever different parts to Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, that you wouldn't expect to be together and to fit and gel as well as it did. But Richie does it here with Devils, and like I said, three totally different songs, but it's all one. Yeah. What's your number three? I'm going to get land blasted oh. by people for how dare you compare Richie Cotton to Queen. So, you know, well, the only thing I could think of. I totally get what you're saying in terms of the song structure and how, you know, the beginning of Bohemian Rhapsody is different than the middle, that's different than the end. And that's the comparison here. And we're by no means comparing Bohemian Rhapsody to, you know, this song, or we're not comparing Devil's Hand to Bohemian Rhapsody in terms of the greatness and whatever, but the song is great. Devil's Hand is a great song. Very much so. So let's not lose. I know sometimes people will pick up on a sound bite and they'll run with it, but if you kind of take all the comments in the conversation in its totality, you know, we're by no means considering or comparing the the legendary classic song Bohemian Rhapsody to, to this. And maybe one day right. it will be compared, but not at this time. Right. Yeah. I could see this totally getting taken way out of context. What's your number three? Warrior. Ooh, we, we have our third common song. Go ahead with your, uh, with why you like it. I think it is as close to a perfect song, not named Bohemian Rhapsody, that one could write. Just, if you listen, while you think it's an uplifting song, you know, kind of anthemic. It is actually a song about loss. But for a song about loss, it is a celebration of the human spirit guiding the one left behind is the way I interpret it. But it's done in such an uplifting, catchy, sing-along, you know, especially, you know, the chorus. And it's just uplifting. But if you dig deep into the lyrics, to me, it's about loss. They lost somebody, and our, that person is providing them a, a guiding light to keep going and to keep striving for whatever they're doing in life. And his vocal, that where he ascends, like from the 48-second mark to the 58-second mark, you know, and he just keeps, oh, I can't even attempt to do it, but it's just insane. And I think, like I said, close to a perfect song somebody could write. I agree on that, and I will hold off and tell you my thoughts on that song is, is after we announce, you know, each each selection here. So, but yeah, I agree. An incredible song. Absolutely. My number two is Who I Am. Uh, just, just a wonderful ballad, just a great, uh, another great song, another Richie Kotzen type of song, Richie Kotzen type of style, very similar to ballads in the past, you know, whether it's faith or whether it's remember, you know, that type of style, that type of feel to it is who I am. It's a great thing. 
What is your number two? My number two is Mad Bazaar. Um, I just like the uh, Jimbo, uh, the funky keys underneath. And I'm not sure if they're live drums or if it's a drum machine, but all that combined, I think it's just really cool. And the little outro that he does, it starting like around like what the three thirteen mark. I just think it's really cool. It's just a it's a kind of a different song for him. I like it. Not bizarre. Yeah, I enjoy that song too. You know, there's so many I mean, like like I said before, there is not a bad song on this fifty song journey. There's really isn't. Fifty for fifty is a great, great album and why it was my number one for albums so far in the first quarter of this year. And it's going to be tough to beat. I know there's some upcoming albums that will be released here in the second, third quarter. I don't really know what's going to be released in the fourth quarter, but those albums may give it a run for its money. But, you know, it's going to be tough to beat a 50-song masterpiece. That's all I'm going to say. I agree. It'll be interesting to see what Butch's new record here, what, on the 8th? Yeah, Butch Walker's album comes out on the 8th. Yeah, looking forward to that. That should be great. My number one, which we have discussed previously, which is Warrior. This song connected with me on many different levels. The first thing that hooked me in was the hook, was the chorus, which is gigantic. Uh, It is so powerful in the way he delivers it and the way it just goes right through you. It sends chills up your spine. The hair stands up on the back of your neck because he reaches an octave level that is rarely seen by vocalists today in rock and roll. Granted, there are people that can do it, but while you're playing guitar and you're hitting a note like that, there's not many that can, and he shines vocally on this song. His guitar playing is absolutely incredible, stellar, totally awesome. As Jeff Spicoli once said in, at, in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, it is a masterpiece on an album that I consider a masterpiece. It is an absolute gem. Lyrically, like you said, I connected very similar to it in how it handles loss and how you deal with loss and how you celebrate the life of the person that you did lose. We all mourn differently. We all have our ways of dealing with tragedy. But going through that, you build up those battle scars and you push through and you come out on the other side as a warrior. You know, as a warrior of emotion, as a warrior of life, you know, loss and tragedy is not an easy thing to deal with. Like I said, we all deal with it in certain ways, but the way this song is constructed and arranged, it is a celebration, not to be used for something that isn't is sadness. Sadness is, is a given in terms of tragedy, in terms of loss, and how you mourn, but... This is a perfect song to listen to if you have dealt with similar things such as that. It's a wonderful, beautiful song. And this is another one of the examples after three months. Like when the song first came out, I loved it. I mean, it's all, it'll always be on my top 10 list. But I interpreted the lyrics different. And one day, my friend Jessica was here and we were talking and we were listening to music. We just had it on in the background and she's not familiar with Richie Cotton, but she knows I'm a fanboy. So we were listening to it and, you know, it came on and I was like, I think you'll really dig this song. We're sitting there listening to it and it was almost like I could have had a V8 moment. And that's when it hit me is, yes, it's uplifting and upbeat and it dawned on me that whoa, he's actually talking about losing someone, you know, and carrying on. And like I said earlier, before that, 
I didn't interpret the lyrics that way. I mean, it was just here within the last month. And it was like, like I said, it had a V8. It was like totally flipped how I saw the lyrics. Similar to me, I fell in love with this song when the album first came out. And this was my favorite song. And it hasn't stopped being my favorite song. I mean, this is, you know, every once in a while, or every album, I should say, has a song that connects with you. And other songs you may appreciate at different times. You might, you may like more, you may like less as you grow with the album. But great albums have that one song that just connects with you and stays with you. And that's how a warrior is with me. fantastic song like I said when I talked about it I think it's as close to the perfect song she could write well that's interesting together well that's interesting because then what is your number one bow wow wow you be oh you be it's dogs <laughs> yeah so I was just gonna say I love the bluesy intro and the tone the the keyboard and the guitars, the lyrics and the story are clever, and that solo is just awesome. Yeah, it's a great, great tune. I love just the the lyrics and you know the point of view and how he's he's kind of telling a story about heartache and breakup in that song, and I and I have a huge appreciation for that. I just, I mean, it's clever, you know. I, Never, I can't recall a breakup song, you know, where it's like the dog treats me better. I'm taking it with me and I'm out of here. See ya. Well, that concludes our top 10. I'm going to go down my list and then Crash will um, go down his from 10 to 1 for me. It's Taking the Pain at number 10. Number 9 is I Am the Clown. Number 8 is Stick the Knife. Number 7 is Dogs. Number six is Lay It On. Number five, or Lay It On Ya. No. Number six is Lay It On. Number five is Freeze. Number four is Wide Open. Number three is Devil's Hand. Number two, Who I Am. And number one, Warrior. So we had three songs the same. Three common songs. What's your list again? Number 10 would be This House. Number 9, Breaking Off. Number 8, Same Old Town. Number 7, My Circles. Number 6, I Am the Clown. Number 5, So Fast. Number 4, Going Back. Number 3, Warrior. Number 2, Mad Bazaar. And Boy, Dog. So there you have it, folks. Like Crash just said, three common songs out of 50, which is what I expect. I expected us to have a couple common songs, but it's kind of cool that your list is pretty different than mine outside those three. Again, an album that you keep absorbing, keeps giving back to you. One of the best releases so far in 2020. I agree. And we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the new video that he just released in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he did. Uh, the first single was Devil's Hand, which is a really great video. Really enjoy that. Um, you know, you see Richie's all strung out in a van living off the beach in the beginning. And it goes and tells a story of losing someone that he loved in terms of a relationship. And then as we all are under quarantine right now, trying to stay healthy and trying to stay safe and a little bit of stir craziness because we're inside the same four walls every day. Most of us are. He releases the video as you are, which is basically three and a half minutes of Richie dancing around in pajamas in his kitchen. (laughs) Which is playing drums in a Spider-Man outfit. Playing a small set of drums, like a kid's set, in like Spider-Man footy pajamas. It is classic. 
It is incredible. I suggest you find it, and I suggest you watch it. Yep, it, it's a definite uh, shows the side of a sense of humor that people may not be aware of that he has. He can be a bit of a goofball, and he lets it he lets it fly in this video. I think you know, and it's a nice. You know, it was something totally unexpected. It wasn't announced. It's just boom, there it is. Yeah. You, know, and it's, you can sit watch it. It's a great tune. Watch it and laugh and kind of little hijinks. And you, you get to see his awesome dog Cheech in it. And, you know. You get to see him eat potato chips that were sitting on the counter. Yeah, and whatever it was, you know, that he pulled out of the fridge. And, yeah, um, and it, it basically... Singing into a banana. Singing into, yes, yes. You got you have to watch it. It's a great video. It's entertaining. Uh, for those familiar with Richie's video blog on YouTube, which if you do a good enough search, you can still find a lot of those videos really goes back to what Crash said, his sense of humor that not too many people are aware that he has. My, one of my favorites is the interview that he does while going for a walk to the post office, which uh, I think yeah. is fantastic. But there's a lot of other videos on, on like the tour bus, and you, you get to kind of peek inside Richie's mind, which is a little different, but very cool nonetheless. Well, there you have it, folks. Our top 10 Richie Kotzen 50 for 50 anniversary show. The top 10 songs off one of the great albums of 2020. The masterpiece, the 50-song masterpiece. If you haven't bought it yet, go do it. Buy the physical copy. I know there's limited edition autograph copies on his website, so go check that out and order that. I think he also put together a little bit of a autograph quote unquote box set of some previous albums that he's autographed. So check out the store on richieconson.com. Check out the album, stream it, go listen to it. You're doing yourself a favor. You're under quarantine. You're under lockdown. What else, what else are you doing for Christ's sakes? So if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. It's a great album. I'd like to thank Crash for talking about Richie Conson once again. This is our fifth show about Richie Conson. We did the legacy of Richie, and we did the album reviews broken down into three shows, and now this. All the podcasts for the shows are going to be put on Twitter and on Facebook on May 5th to celebrate the anniversary, so check those out as well. But... But thanks again, Crash. I appreciate you doing this. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. All right, everybody. It is Jay Scott. It is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. April, we did 20 episodes, and we had our most listens and downloads over the past 10 months that I've been doing this. So thank you very much. Right now, we're at 13,500 listeners. And I thank all of you, every one of you, for tuning in to the variety of subjects that we've covered, the interviews with people like Richie Kotzen, like Doug Aldrich, like George Lynch, the new music spotlights featuring some great new bands have been a pleasure to put together and showcase their music and new music that you should be listening to. The new interview released Yesterday, Joe Satriani, with Joe Satriani is out. Great conversation with him, so check that out. Like us on Twitter, at The Hook Rocks. You can find us on Facebook. If you search The Hook Rocks, all the episodes are uploaded onto the page. We love the discussion. Any feedback that you can give us is always appreciated. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk again soon. Thank you.
Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.